0: look at why it's important to spend the time checking in mentally, why it's important to look within the mind, and how do we do this? So what do you think, Corey? What's the best way to, to get into a habit of taking that, that time to do that kind of introspective work?
1: Oh, well, I mean, first of all, for me, just to answer your, your point about why it's important, is because it it leads to unhealthy behavior. It leads to undesirable behavior, undesirable consequences. And negative thinking feeds more negative thinking, which feeds more negative thinking. And so to to catch it and to cut it off uh, leads to a healthier, happier me, ultimately. That would be my shortest answer for that
0: yeah so how are you supposed to know really how you're doing if you don't take the time to to honestly assess yourself in that way? I mean yeah. how many people do that on a daily basis? I don't know i I, I used to not to, to barely ever you know actually sit and take the time to to look and kind of check in with myself that way and and then like you said, these—if you're you're having an issue with negative thoughts or or something's bothering you, you're not like I wouldn't notice it until it started to manifest in physical symptoms. Yeah. So whether that's anxiety or tension in the body, I guess the uh, the desired outcome is if if you are in a situation where something's bothering you and you catch it earlier, then there's a a better chance of Of being able to steer off that course.
1: Yeah, that's right. And, you know, the, the, any kind of an uh, addictive behavior or any, particularly an addictive behavior with, with a substance, with drugs, with specifically opiates, let's say, that's really obvious, right? Like, that's a, a glaring example of where you have a, a string of negative thoughts that lead to some anxiety. And then you go and try to, cope with that anxiety or you get an urge or a craving and you go and self self medicate or self-soothe to, to manage that. And then inevitably that negative thought comes back whenever down the road and you're on this loop again, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, you're driving down the highway and instead of pulling over and checking on uh, the sound that your car is making, you just continue until uh, you know your tire blows off and you're in the ditch. And then instead of you know trying to deal with it in a proper way, you just throw some duct tape on your vehicle and push it out of the ditch and keep going. That's that's a lot like what you do when you're using a substance like that to continue whatever kind of tough situation you're in.
1: Yeah. And and so you you go through a rehab program, say, and you remove drugs and alcohol and any kind of substance from your life. And what remains though? are those thoughts and, That's right. yeah. and rehab programs and counseling do, depending on all of the specifics of those things, do a good job or maybe not a good job of, of helping manage that. But either way, that is what is left. And that is what is the hardest part of the whole, the whole show is that suddenly now you're, you're left to your own devices. There aren't those, those coping strategies that have been so effective at helping us, helping us manage. And it's just the thoughts, right? So, so for me, that's a, that's a big thing is that those thoughts are still, that's a daily exercise of, of making sure that I don't go down this negative path of negative thinking that creates a feeling of stress and anxiety and disease within my body. Because when it comes back to it, I have to be the one solely to, to cope with that and to manage that.
0: And it's a skill, right? It's something it that you- It absolutely is. Yeah, you you learn, you practice, you get better at it. And I think maybe some some people are naturally very good at this. They're more prone to accurate introspection. And uh, I think there's other people you can tell by, <laughs> at least you suspect by talking to them that they maybe haven't checked in in the last couple of years. Sure, for sure. How do we do- what we're talking about, how do you, what's the best way to accomplish this or what's a method that you found useful? Oh, so a few things.
1: I, you know, I, you mentioned, you mentioned it a moment ago, just checking in with what our body feels like. So doing a little mindfulness check to say, to see, am I relaxed right now? Am I feeling at ease? Am I feeling comfortable or am I showing all of these physical signs of, of stress and anxiety within my body? And I mean, that could be as easy as if you're wearing a, a Fitbit, what's my heart rate, but it could also be, what do I feel like, or am I, do I feel stiff and do I have a headache? And, you know, for me, when I'm really, really stressed or I'm not doing the things I need to do to, to de-stress, that's a manifestation for me is a, a real fullness in my, in my head. And that's kind of a late sign that, okay, I, I should have probably checked in a little bit sooner with myself
0: right and i believe there's professional methods where I, you could probably actually go on youtube and they'll guide you through a process where you do a, an actual piece by piece check in with you know starting with your big toe and ending with the top of your head type of thing and those can be surprisingly effective too i i've done that a few times and uh, it's interesting when you spend that much time focusing that intently, you could actually pick up some stuff that you're, you're not aware of. There's when we're walking around doing our, uh, our jobs and just going through life, there's it's surprising how many little things can kind of build up in your body. And a lot of them build to the point where they, they become a situation that you can't ignore anymore, but it's surprising how many just, just below the surface kind of, uh, I don't know if you call them ailments, I guess, or manifestations of tension or anxiety or whatever they are.
1: Yeah, and it, exactly. And that's, that's just it. There's a manifestation of it. And I, don't th- I think that was a big lesson for me to learn, was that there is a consequence to those negative thoughts. And I, I you know, spent so much of my uh, <laughs> adult life, at least, mulling over those negative thoughts or sitting in those negative thoughts thinking that they were inconsequential or thinking that, that, that sort of just that's where it ended. And I wasn't making that connection that, that the behavior that I was exhibiting was a direct result of, of those, of those negative thoughts. And it's kind of a a smart recovery tool or a smart recovery phrase that a thought leads to a feeling, which leads to a behavior and making that connection for me has been uh, life changing.
0: Yeah, that's a, it's a very straightforward um, kind of uh, idea. And it's, uh, I believe it was cognitive behavioral therapy that it's based in. And they have the uh, thoughts, uh, feelings, uh, actions triangle, I think they call it. Yeah. And if you want to change one of those three sides of the triangle, or if you, if you want to change what, something in the triangle, all you have to do is change one of those three things and the rest follow. So if you if you're feeling bad and you exercise, for example, it's likely that whatever negative feeling you're experiencing will at least shift. And uh, that's kind of the, the theory behind it, but it makes perfect sense when, when you describe like your, your situation, you're stuck in negative thoughts all the time, who could withstand that? And especially if you think that they're inconsequential. I mean,
1: exactly, exactly, and I, I've used this example before um, in in our discussion. That you know, for me, a great, just a, it's such a it's such an easy example of you go into a a store, you run into someone that you know, and they are are weird to you. They give you a look, or they're not as friendly as they used to be. And then I leave the store, and I'm thinking about that interaction. I'm feeling stressed. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling uh, uncomfortable uncomfortable in my own skin and uh, and you know now I am drug and alcohol free so it's not like I would go and and use but I might um, you know go inward and retreat or I might get angry or be you know be unfriendly or unkind or I might go and eat or any there's I mean there's so many behavioral adaptations to to manage those feelings that we, those uncomfortable feelings. We have as humans, so many ways of, of manifesting that, a feeling to make it feel better. Right. Mm -hmm. And so to change that thought in the first place, like that's kind of step one and to think, I don't know what's going on with that person. It's probably not about me. I know how I'm doing. I'm just here to do my, my thing. Um, I'm doing the best that I can. And to challenge that negative thought that creeps in does wonders for alleviating that stress or preventing that stress from coming on, which then does wonders for preventing any kind of behavioral uh, mal- maladaptive thing that, that, that could occur.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that's a that's a great kind of overview example. And I think it's one that a lot of people can relate to, myself included, and something that I kind of, I don't know, I, I forget who, it's either somebody said it or I read it in a book somewhere. I had sort of an epiphany, but the reality of the situation is that nobody really gives a fuck. And most people are consumed with what's going on in their life, in their mind. So walking around, believing that, uh, you know, somebody looked at you funny and it's, it's got something to do with you and, and all this stuff. I don't, Sometimes maybe it does. Maybe that person does have a problem with you, but there's, you know, you, you can't address all those concerns without uh, looking like you're unhinged for one thing. And yep. again, it's, it's, we can only control and uh, <laughs> we're only in power or in control of what, uh, what we can do, how we can react to those situations. So, I think that uh, I would have been guilty too of you know ruminating on that, or trying to figure out why, and reading things into it that are ridiculous and over exaggerating the situation. And now I don't. I'm just you know, it's probably the per- maybe the person's had a having a bad day. Maybe they just got a phone call that their uh, grandma has cancer. You, I mean, right? There's a million things that that person could be going through that you 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 have no understanding of. So, yeah. And,
1: and so the, the thing that comes to mind for me there, Nathan, is that my brain does not like uncertainty. Oh, it does nobody's not like brain. A, nobody's brain does really <laughs> nobody like that, that blank space that uncertainty creates that mm. blank canvas that maybe just has a question mark on it. And, and so my brain in particular wants to fill that in with something. And, and I think because negativity is a, such a well Traveled pathway, I can go to it so quickly, and 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 you know we 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 were going to talk about catastrophizing, you know, worst case scenario thinking. Um, that that's that's kind of a default setting for for me, and um, to dispute that. So for me, the the solution to that is to dispute that. And when I have a a, a situation of uncertainty, and I go to that place of of the worst case scenario just a simple phrase is says who says who it's, you know, says who it's going to turn out this way or says who that this is what that other person is thinking about me
0: or where's the evidence
1: or where's the evidence of that. Yeah. And, and quickly I'm like, well, there is no evidence like, Oh damn it. I did it again. (laughs) There is no evidence (laughs) Uh, says who nobody. It's just that inner critic of mine that says who. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) And, and that kind of can derail that negative thought. And then if you, particularly if you can replace that negative thought with a, with, I can only control what I can control or, or I'm doing the best that I can, Mm -hmm. um, it's even, even more helpful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's about a, it's kind of jumping in with a a rational argument against your own kind of I don't know if it's a, for us, I, I think it's probably a default setting, you know, for a long time, but uh, my most difficult cognitive behavioral uh, therapy issue, as far as negative thinking goes, is uh, probably all or nothing. Uh, I I can be going along, everything's pretty good. Um, I'm feeling okay about uh, life in general. And then... Something happens that I don't like. Oh, okay, whatever. Another thing happens. And then maybe three things happen a short period of time and the world is ending. You know, like yeah. I, I just go completely dark side. And it took me a long time to realize that I was doing that. And, and it took me more time still to understand the flaw as far as that being an irrational. <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense to think like that. And, um, it doesn't do you any good. It's harmful. It's harmful. And, you know, I, I, another example
1: I can think of was like, oh God, like a week or two into, into recovery and thinking, saying, not thinking, saying to my family, I'll never be happy. Or what if I'm never happy? Mm -hmm. Well, that in itself is kind of an irrational statement because how do I, how, how do I know that I'll never be happy? And what's the evidence that I'll never be happy, but planting that seed and telling myself I'll never be happy. And that's a, you know, making that a pretty, you know, there's no uncertainty in that statement. It's pretty black and white. Like this is how you will always be. Mm -hmm. Um, that is really harmful. And that was a harmful place to be mentally. And, and, uh, I mean, it was very shortly after that, that I got into counseling, got into support groups and stuff and, and have learned to to break through that, that thinking. And I, I haven't had that thought now, even with uncertainty and with uh, stress that still exists in my life. Like that's a pretty extreme statement to go to. Right.
0: Well, it is because if you're correct, that's horrible. And the rest of your life, you're, you're going to be unhappy. And if you're not correct, you're wrong. So you've, uh, <laughs> you've, put, you've put yourself in a, a position where either outcome of that statement is, is not great.
1: No. And it's, it's a, it's a very mentally dangerous place to be stuck in. Mm -hmm. And it it leaves us very, very vulnerable because those negative thoughts can, can build upon each other. And I, you know, I think of people who, who um, feel suicidal and that's, I, I wasn't suicidal in that, at that time or in, when I made that statement, but you can very easily see how then those thoughts can can stack up and can mount, and it's very dangerous.
0: It absolutely is dangerous. That was probably one of the most insightful, useful things I discovered out of this. Uh, the whole, you know, go, uh, going through the recovery process was the the power of these very. I mean, they seem simple. These uh, CBT kind of paradigms, but they're, they're just so effective if you can keep track of them. You know, if, you, if you're if you aware of the ones that are most likely to give you trouble and then you get used to stepping in and questioning them and uh, kind of auditing those beliefs like like what you were talking about there.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you, that you said that. That was a, a, a tool that I was going to suggest, you know one of the things that people learn in, in recovery is to, to log their urges and to audit their, what their urges and cravings are like. But I would even challenge that even if you're not having urges and cravings to log that state of mind, to log that, those thought patterns that what's going on for me at the time that I'm having those types of, you know, catastrophic thinking or fortune telling thinking or, or all or none thinking. And are there, are there patterns that are there? and for me, I can, I can certainly see patterns that have been in place where, where again, uncertainty being one of them or a social interaction or uh, a, an interaction that sort of challenges my uh, beliefs about myself or about who I am or about various aspects of my life. And then it, it, it snowballs from there. So recognize those patterns is really helpful because then we can we can change those patterns we can change the variables
0: yeah in every case awareness is the first step for sure um so catastrophizing how do you look at that as far as uh, a definition for me i i think of that as just a a default setting where something bad happens or maybe something doesn't go your way and you automatically go to the worst case scenario uh, thinking that that's, that's most likely to happen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's, that's one I, I, I don't, I don't have so much trouble with it anymore, but I did at one time. I, I, I think it was closely tied in with all or nothing where I'd be, things would be rolling along smooth. And then it would just, everything would kind of go sideways on me. Yeah. Um, I really relate that one to like our,
1: our primal instincts that, at one time, it was that that kept us safe and kept us away from, from predators. That if we go out of our of our you know safety zone within the, the planes that we that we foraged on, we're at risk for for predators, and we're going to get eaten. And, yeah. and it's different now, and we don't we don't need that now. But it's a very primal thing where we where our brain goes to, oh my god, I gotta I gotta get out of this, or oh my god, the worst thing's going to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. It is primitive, I, I or childlike. Even it's kind of like or, or a, childlike. Yeah, uh, you see a kid throw a tantrum. That's it's basically a physical manifestation of their mind not being able to cope with. Uh, you know, they're swinging wildly in an in an emotional sense, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Or if I you you know if you took away the toy from them, that toy's gone forever
0: in their mm-hmm. mind. Yeah. yeah. And then, and, and consequently, the the world is going to explode. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the other ones I I put down here just as as uh, notables for me is disqualifying the positive. That's probably one that you have an issue with as well. Yeah. Uh, what I mean by that is you have two events that happen, both are of equal importance or magnitude. One is negative, one is positive. I tend to focus on the negative one far more than I do the positive. And if you put a bunch of those, uh, you know, maybe there's 10 of each, uh, I'm always focused on the negative and I'm not looking. I think, well, yeah, there's some good things that happen, but they don't really matter. It's always the, the negative stuff that I'm drawn to. And yeah, maybe that is a little bit of a, a human tendency, but it certainly can be uh, measured on a scale. And I think I was... Uh, it's one that I've I've struggled with a lot, but again, I've I've come a long way with it as well.
1: Oh man, me too. And you know, just to speak to our brothers and sisters in uh, in recovery in the healthcare world, this is one that is I, I think a really uh, pretty epidemic thought that 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 what happened with with whatever the addiction was that all of the good that was done in their career is for naught and is, is, you know, um, devoid of any, any kind of meaning and and all of the good that they did and people who have, you and I both know people who have, you know, saved many lives and reached many people and, and made incredible positive, positive differences in people's lives. And for, you know, all of the reasons that we've talked about an addiction, occurs and the thinking that we have about ourselves is that all of that stuff is erased
0: that's right yeah
1: and it's a it's a very challenging task to kind of tell yourself otherwise and to to make yourself believe that all all of the good that i did is not erased because because this happened Mm -hmm. um and and things might look different moving forward with with your career or not but either way the the all of the good is not erased
0: yeah, it's difficult, especially in that situation to remain, not remain, but to try to be objective when you're, you know, when you're self-examining and you feel that shitty, you're, you know, just, it's a, it's a very difficult task.
1: Yeah. And I, it's been helpful for me uh, to reflect on those, on those moments where I felt like I did a really great job. And where I had a positive outcome with a patient say, and, um, and saved a life yeah, and, and just to, to, and to, to mindfully be aware of, of that situation or that memory of what happened and, and don't let that positive memory get disputed by, oh yeah, but you were, then you became a, an opioid addict, mm-hmm. like to, to know, just sit in the fact that you did some really great, great work at one time. Give yourself credit. Yeah. Give yourself credit and don't don't erase that good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it is weird in healthcare that way. Maybe it's because we're expected to do so much without, you know, we're just, it's kind of our job. So, you know, it's, it's not like, like in your case, if you, if you save somebody's life, you could look at it as well. You know, that's what I'm supposed to do. Right. But it's. I mean, that's a pretty amazing thing. So, right, yeah, you got to. We have to at least make some of some sort of an effort to balance out the the way you're viewing those events. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And uh, yeah, the last one I had that I wanted to talk about was uh, fortune telling, because I love to fortune tell. <laughs> I, <laughs> I walk around and I make all sorts of predictions, um, and that's fine. But believing. That you have the power to see in the future or 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 tell what somebody's thinking, this is a dangerous uh, uh, way of viewing the world. So how I've, have you how have you been able to dispute that? Well, I, again, I think it's just a um, it's a matter of kind of intercepting those thoughts with with rational auditing. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, if if I catch myself. Uh, making assumptions based on on something that I have no evidence for. Maybe it's just a feeling or uh, I believe that uh, my intuition is somehow going to give me an edge in predicting what's going to happen, even though it's it statistically doesn't make any sense. I have to check myself and I have to be in the habit of checking myself because it's uh, it is a default setting and there's something about because I love being right when I when I do that, right? I love to be able to predict what somebody what somebody's behavior is going to be, or I like to, to be able to to uh, you know think I have an inside look at somebody before I really do. And <laughs> I mean, you don't have to think about it too much before you realize that there's a lot of problems that could uh, come with with thinking like that, right?
1: Yeah the really complicated thing to me about that is is because I consider myself to be a fairly intuitive person as well mm-hmm. to be both to acknowledge our our that positive side of our intuition because being intuitive serves us and very well in many many circumstances yeah but when we are predicting an outcome, and it's usually again the, the the warning sign for that is that we are usually predicting a negative outcome, and we are usually at the center of that negative outcome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then it then it, it's not serving us. So it, maybe that's a kind of a question to ask ourselves: like is is it intuition intuition about um, you know a, when we're driving and you have the intuition to to back off? Say, well that's that's one that serves us very well. But if if we are at the center of it. And, um, and the story that we're telling ourselves is, is one that, that is sort of harmful or, or leading us down this kind of negative path and then to back off on that intuition and let it, let it unfold, um, is I guess a healthier, healthier option, but it's hard for the intuitive person to let that go.
0: It is because it's a, it is one of those things where you have to find the the sweet spot, right? You gotta, uh, because I, Maybe like some people, there's no question that some people are they can pick up on emotional cues more accurately and faster than other people. This is just a fact, for sure. So, that being said, you're right. You have to you have to somehow reconcile, you know, uh, find a way to to objectively kind of parse that out for ourselves. Yeah. uh, Again, it's another it's another skill that you get better at, and as long as you're first of all aware that it's a behavior pattern that you you have been using and and one that's uh, been persistent, then you can start making those challenges. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Like, uh, it, it, am am I am I being caught? Is you know the difference between caution and and fortune telling? Um, and it, like you said, it comes down to really paying attention to the specifics of what that thought are. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, you know, I, I, I think of this like door-to-door salesman coming around and, 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 um, there are so many, you know, there was a circumstance that I had recently where someone came, came to the door and he wanted to sell me a security system for my house and was asking me all these personal questions about, about the house. And then afterwards thinking, um, boy, I didn't trust that guy and boy, that interaction didn't, didn't feel right. Um, so that's, that's an example where, and as it turned out, everything was okay. Cause we, I went and found him afterwards and, and it turned out to be legit, but like, that's where intuition or that recognizing that disease kept me safe. And I could go back to my home and realize, okay, I'm, I'm safe and my home is safe. But if my mind went to a place of this guy's going to break into my house tonight while I'm sleeping and, and murder me. Um, and there's nothing I can do about it. That's not serving. That thought isn't serving me very well.
0: No, it's likely to make you, uh, uncomfortable.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I'm going to lose sleep and I'm going to have a, some sort of maladaptive behavior to try to manage it. And it's, and away we go.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think that, uh, that covers, uh, the personal ones for me. Did you have any other ones you wanted to add there, Corey?
1: No, I mean, yeah, I mean, there
0: are many, many more examples of these things, but I think we covered it there. Okay, excellent.